0: Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work for Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Derek Michoud with us from Nashville. No, no, not Nashville. It's Memphis, Tennessee. Derek, go on in or come on in and introduce yourself. Let us know what you're doing, how you're working from home, and who you're serving.
1: Thank you, April. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, Yeah, so I'm in the Memphis area. I'm actually just south of Memphis uh, in Mississippi. So the way way that works is uh, Memphis... Borders the the state line, so you can be in a Memphis suburb, and it just happens to be over the state line. So um, I'm technically in Hernando, Mississippi, specifically, but uh, but it's like Memphis. I'm 15 minutes from from Memphis. Uh, I've been here since 2011, so it's a uh, it's a fun place. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, I'm glad to be here on your podcast. Working from home is is something I've been doing full-time for the last few years now um i started uh, my own company and it's a podcast agency so we service uh clients from all over the world actually that need help with their editing their graphic design video editing all the different aspects needed for um, a well-produced podcast Uh, so not only do i get to work from home because all my clients are virtual but so is my team everyone's virtual with this day state, you know, this day and age with technology, it's amazing what you can do, you know? Uh, so I've been doing that for several years now. Um, finally built a nice little studio set up where I have nice lights and everything and a backdrop again, I appreciate your backdrop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's awesome. I think, I, I think no one can complain about working from home. And when you have your own business and, and you are in more control of your schedule and it's just if you're someone that is self motivated and can hold yourself accountable well, it's it's awesome. You know, it's 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 a it's a good way to live. You know.
0: So, did you do um, when you moved to Memphis? Was it your plan to work from home, or did it just kind of fall into your lap?
1: It this whole podcasting career of mine happened by mistake in a way, not by mistake, but uh, so a little backstory. I was a full-time touring musician, uh, which I used to live in Nashville. Uh, when you when you mentioned earlier about Nashville, that might've been somewhere in my bio too. That could have been- I think so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when I moved to Memphis uh, to settle down a little bit, I had a child, I continued to play as a musician locally played at a local church, played in uh, local bars and a couple different bands. But in order to do that, you need to have other jobs. You know, you need side hustles. I used to be the king of side hustles in order to almost pay my bills, right? It was always a struggle. and But the number one thing was I'm a musician. So not only do I need other work to help pay the bills, but you need flexibility because later um from like 2016 to about 2020 i was back on the road on a fairly uh consistent basis so you leave for a week you come home you need work like you can't you if you work at a warehouse you can't just leave whenever you want so (laughs) so that brings us to uh the end of 2017 i was looking for another hustle and i found a, a website called upwork are you mm-hmm. familiar with Upwork? oh
0: yeah i actually and, am on upwork as uh i haven't used it recently but not only as uh, a worker <laughs> someone who can like freelance or you, you know do ghost writing and things but also i've used it um to help find people to help me with stuff before too
1: absolutely i do both yeah i ended up getting work now I hire people off of yep. it too. It's a great platform. So I think I googled work from home. Like seriously, you know, those keywords work from home. I wanted to get as specific as possible. Not only did I want another side hustle, but I was like I just want to find something that all I need is my laptop for. <laughs> is there anything mm-hmm. that I can do so now now I can take it with me. That was my main that was my main angle on that is if I can find something that I can do on my computer, then I can take it on the road with me, and still work. So I found up work, and then I see this demand for podcast editing, audio editing. I was like, I can do that,
0: hmm.
1: and slowly just started building my profile. And um, one client turned into three, turned into four, you know, and it just built to a point where uh, in June of nineteen. Uh, I decided to flip the switch and make it my number one priority and actually make it a, an LLC and start hiring people to build the business and offer more services. Because to that point, all I could really do was edit. Mm-hmm. That's all you're really gonna get from me. Do you need help editing? That's, I'm your guy. But if you need some graphic design and someone to write your show notes, I'm certainly not a transcriptionist. <laughs> <laughs> that would take me a week to you know transcribe a show um so i brought in people that could offer these services that i couldn't and also other editors to take stuff off my plate so then i could start transitioning more into the ceo of it you know
0: how uh, long to, were you running it all yourself just for the editing part and just helping people you said you sometimes had three or four people at a time
1: well i had uh, about a year and a half i was just a a solopreneur, is like mm-hmm. to call. Um, by the time by the time I started the business, I had maybe 10, 12 clients that I was just managing on a fairly regular basis, some more consistent than others. Um,
0: That's a lot actually, because just um, my experience with doing one or two episodes a week, we try to do two, and I just have one person helping me with the editing mm-hmm. and the um, making the graphics. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was actually trying to transcribe my own and I actually have a background in transcription. I was a medical transcriptionist for 17 years. So like if anyone can transcribe their own, it should have been me. And it kicked my butt Mm -hmm. because the conversational style that we have is a little different than the medical, you know, dictation that I was doing before.
1: And we speak very quickly
0: (laughs) and two people, you know, sometimes cross speak, uh, it, it was, it was kind of um, eye-opening to realize that it would take me longer than four hours to, to do a 45-minute to an hour episode. Um, and some of them took me eight hours. And I was like, and that was even using speech recognition technology. Like I was using Otter AI. And yeah. maybe Otter isn't as great as some of the other ones out there, but um, yeah.
1: <laughs> the money The money you're going to spend on hiring someone to do that is so valuable because of the time you get back.
0: Right.
1: And that that was, when I started hiring, um, that was my MO, like a dollar spent is a minute saved. And on the front end, I was giving up some money to editors that I had no business giving up. I Mm -hmm. still, you know, I I needed that income, but I needed to also buy time. That was was my gold, was time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, eight hours on a transcript, you are, you know, (laughs) that is, that is breaking your neck, you know, Honestly,
0: and at some point we just quit this, this podcast isn't well monetized. Like it's, it's not monetized currently. I would love to have some sponsors, but that's not something that I've prioritized. Like just trying to get to the point where I get people, you know, to interview and to get the show notes and to get, you know, the QA done to make sure everything is matching the numbers and the names and everything, um, you know, that's about as much bandwidth as I have, you know, had, cause I'm still working other gigs at this time. Um, mm-hmm. so th- the goal would be, you know, eventually to be able to just, you know, not only have it monetized where it would pay for itself, you know, to pay for my editor and everything, but yeah, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. Like that, the time thing is, is very valuable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you mentioned you have one person that's handling, your needs right now, which includes Mm -hmm. some graphic work and stuff. Um, And that's, that's awesome. You know, there's plenty of people out there that can do it all. You know, my thing is I couldn't, but one of the selling points too is sometimes what can happen is a client will ask you, are you doing all of this? No, I'm not. (laughs) I have a team and that, and they like that they they definitely like that because now they feel more secure Mm -hmm. they know that it it takes a lot to trust a a solopreneur to handle five different things because how many more clients does that person have you know how taxed is that person so having a team can be a good selling point people understand you know there's some Mm -hmm. infrastructure there's some there's some strength behind this guy derek from shelby Row productions but they only still have to deal with one person. That was the other thing. We want all these things done. I feel better knowing that you have a team doing it, but I don't want to talk to them. I just want to deal with you or one person. And that's that's kind of the, the secret sauce in a way.
0: So you end up being more the face of your company and then the, yeah. the others help you with the support. So you just mentioned Shelby Road Productions. Why don't you go ahead and tell us how you got that name? Since at first I thought, who is Shelby? <laughs>
1: Well, and I know my, my YouTube channel is Shelby Rowe. And I'm like, I talked to my, my producer, I'm like, it feels like people are going to think that's my name, you know, <laughs> but it's a, it's a neat little story and it ties in with Nashville, Memphis. So, um, I wanted to represent both cities because they have a huge part of my life. You know, again, being a professional musician living in Nashville, um, and I moved there from Maine, so I made a big move, <clears throat> and I was in Nashville for several years, and then out to Memphis I go for varying reasons. So when it came time to thinking of name, I just thought it'd be kind of cool to, at least you know, in my heart, know that it's representing two cities. Uh, so Shelby is Memphis, and the reason why that represents Memphis is it's the county. Shelby County is Memphis. There's a big road that goes through here. Shelby Drive. I haven't read the history books in Memphis, but Mr. Shelby, whoever this guy is, <laughs> that's why his name is everywhere. The word Shelby is very synonymous with Memphis. Uh, and then Row uh, is represents Nashville because there's an area of Nashville called the Music Row. And it's like a four block section where all of the major record labels and publishing houses and a lot of the old legendary uh, recording studios are all located. It's all very concentrated in this one spot. Nowadays though, God, there's thousands of studios in Nashville and everyone's bedroom is a studio, so. Oh yeah. But, but it's still cool. It's still a historic area of Nashville and it's called Music Row. So I was like, hmm, Shelby Row. I, I, had I had a friend, a to
0: it. I had a friend who moved to, to Nashville to be, I, I guess, a recording engineer. Is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was a music major, actually, when I uh, did my my four year, but I actually never was good enough to actually get to record. <laughs> so I don't know the terminology very well, but I was really surprised when I went to go visit. Um, I was friends with his wife and she brought me to go see his studio. And I was really surprised to just walk into a house. And they were like, yes, yeah. this is the studio. And, and I guess they've really converted a ton of houses into recording studios.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it, it works because, again, less nowadays because there's so much availability. But a lot of the way it used to be is if you were in a band and you went to record in a nice recording studio, it you only had, let's say, 10 to choose from. Now you have mm. hundreds and hundreds, but you might not need a studio that you don't live near. You know, the record labels funding this, you need a place to stay. A lot of studios will have lodging. It will ha- it'll be attached to a place oh. so you're actually sleeping there. So a lot of the studios in Nashville, that's why a lot of them feel like a house too, mm-hmm. because that way bands come in from Iowa, because they want to record in Nashville, uh, and they they have enough money to get two weeks of studio time. They just live there. And there's little kitchenettes and you know bedrooms and showers. So they just, they're there. And it's also cool because they can just write. They, if it's their studio 24 hours a day for two weeks, they're right there. In the middle of the night, they might have an idea and they can go down and record. So you see a lot of that.
0: Are you seeing a lot of people do a crossover from the musicians recording into the podcast recording? Like you were not the first person I've interviewed actually from the Nashville area who's doing this.
1: Well, my my connection and bridge into this was actually radio. Okay. I used to work in radio off and on from 95 to 2005. Um, I did several different things, but the, my the last two years I was in radio, I was a commercial producer. I made commercials uh-huh. for a radio group in Portland, Maine. Uh, it was three FM stations and three AM stations all in one building. And that's what got <laughs> me going on editing, you know, audio uh-huh. editing, making those commercials. So when it came time to seeing, um, this demand for podcast editing, that's, that was the connection Like, oh, I can do that. And I also had a mind on how to format a show, intro, outro, mid roll, post roll. Pre-roll. I already had a grasp on that. Now the musician part is again that goes back to my earlier story. I got into podcasting because I needed another thing. Yeah. And you know, when you're a musician, you end up having I remember one year I had nine 1099s <laughs> for taxes. Nine. Yeah. You know, and and three of those were bands. So that means that means there was six other You know, I used to host trivia nights locally at the restaurants and bars around town. Mm -hmm. I had a a (laughs) part-time. Yeah, you know, what's odd is I'm not a people person. I'm kind of shy, but you get me in front of a microphone and I'm reading questions, it's pretty easy, you know. Um, I worked in a part-time insurance job where I would just take pictures of cars that had been in accidents. Um, I used to drive Uber, I've driven Lyft, you know, all these different things that I've done all for the sake of service serving the the goal which was always just to be a working musician
0: to be flexible uh, yeah so that flexible. you can go and do a road show if you need to mm-hmm. i had a friend who um oh I, I met him traveling overseas uh with the organization that's another different story um but he was um, a nashville musician and he did i feel like i mean genius like super smart guy and I think that when he was between shows, between tours, he would work with a carpenter and do like, um, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? The the edge work that you have, like by a floor, between the floor and the wall. What do you call that? <laughs> I don't know. Either. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> you know, tacking on the little boards to like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's there's a word that's escaping me today. Everyone else in the city knows. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I can get a little flaky sometimes on my. Is it the
1: floorboard? floorboards
0: well it's kind of like the paneling you know or like the molding that you have at the around the top of your there's another little ones like just a little bit yeah anyway that word that everyone else knows except for me um and you (laughs) uh he would just tack it on and he just had like a good relationship with this carpenter and would like come Mm -hmm. on and pinch hit you know with him to help him get a job you know done a little faster but it's like you'd have to really build that relationship with someone and be yeah. like, Hey, I am literally temporary in and out. You know, I'm here when I'm here and I'm not when I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. Did you, I mean, cause Lyft and Uber, you can pick up and you can stop at any time. Right. Yeah. Flexible.
1: You just on your phone, boom, you're in work, you know, and that's why yeah. I did it. And I would drive in Nashville too. If I was in Nashville for work, I just turned my app on. When I had downtime, I would drive in, in Nashville. Oh, right?
0: So you can, you can work in other uh, regions then.
1: I had to sign up for Nashville too and go through the same process. Um, but the, um, I just had a, I just had a thought in here. Oh, so you hit, you hit a, you hit a strong point there with, you know, carpentry, there are some things out there. There's some fields out there that musicians you'll find do painting, (laughs) carpentry, serving, waiting tables. Because those are f- fairly flexible. Yeah, you you build a relationship with a, a carpenter that you know if they always need help. And if you're like, hey, I'm here for the next week. Come on, you know yeah. I'll pay a hundred bucks a day for the next five days to be a gopher. Go for this. Can you do that for me? Right. It's very it's very uh, flexible in that way. And then I've I've uh, waited tables back when I was in Nashville, uh, and built a relationship with a manager and, and just was like, Hey, you know, I want to keep working here. I'm going to be gone a lot. Can you keep me on like the W four or W two, whatever it is, I might be gone for a month, but then I'll be back for a couple of weeks. Can I at least dress up, come in and ask anyone if they want to give up a shift, which is always a server is always like, I'll go home. Yes, please send me home. So I would do that. He, and he did enough. He did something where I stayed in the system. And and then I'd come home from the road and I'd just, hey, you want a you night off? Or, hey, do you want any days off this week? Or I'd get three different servers say, hey, can you pick up this shift, that shift? And then I'd fill my week up.
0: So you were like a sub. So did you um, yeah. always know your schedule like a week in advance or would you literally just show up and be like, I'm ready right now?
1: I would know in advance. So I could definitely call ahead a little bit. Um, but, um, there was also plenty of times I'd be home for a week and not go there. I didn't want to work. So <laughs>
0: I thought of the word it's trim, trim the stuff that you put around the, the four boards. <laughs> That's it. The
1: trim. Yes.
0: It was not even a hard word.
1: <laughs> it's a very short word, just four letters.
0: I have a lot of experience with waiting tables too, but that's lots on nights and weekends and it can compete with, you know, the the performance times. So I can see why you would want to, you know, be a little flexible there. Um, yeah. And
1: I, I interviewed a couple times different places and because I wasn't available the week on weekends, they're like, sorry, yeah. that's where they need. I mean, and it makes sense. It's the busiest and that's when they need the most people, but there's also places out there that, They'll take whatever they can get. You can you, you can work Monday through Thursday. Okay, cool. Yeah. You, know?
0: you didn't tell us what kind of music you were into, or are into.
1: So what I'm into and what I always had to play are two different things.
0: Tell me more.
1: <laughs> so um, over the last several years, I've had to play a lot of country music. Uh, that's what that's what pays. It, people love it. Uh, classic country. Uh, mid, you know, two thousands country, current pop country, it's it's where it's at. So I do not listen to this music, but I'll play it, and it's fun it, to play. And and it can what, be fun uh, to play. What do you play? Bass, play the bass guitar. All
0: right, yeah. My dad was a bass <laughs> guitarist.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun gig, you know. Um, but over okay. earlier in my career, I had to play a lot of dance stuff, which was fun. I've definitely played a lot of disco and funk and um, I've been in some bands that really stretched me out as far as having to play different genres, rock, country, blues, you know? Yeah. And it was great. It was, it was a good learning um, experience. But if I'm driving down the highway, uh, I listen to hard rock, Metallica, Slipknot, uh, Kings of Leon, Nirvana, like old 90s stuff. Um, I, I like the more aggressive stuff when when for pleasure
0: and have you ever gotten to play in a band like that you don't have enough hair to be in a hair band (laughs)
1: behind (laughs) me no it's i would love because i play guitar too and when i play guitar it's i like playing the aggressive metallica style Mm -hmm. stuff and there's just no bands that do that and if they are if there are bands out here that do that they're not working you can't Mm -hmm. you can't go to the local pub and start playing Metallica and Megadeth yeah. and all this yeah. hardcore music. They yeah. want to hear country. They want to hear Luke Bryan is what they want to hear. And do you think that's <laughs>
0: just being where you are, like where you live? Because honestly, like I had country fans up in Minnesota. I live in Arizona. My neighbor across the street from me is a country mm-hmm. drummer. Like he, he plays in a country band. I didn't, I didn't even know that existed in Arizona, but it does.
1: I was naive when I moved from Maine thinking only the South is in the country nope Mm, it's everywhere i I mean i've toured i've played in over 30 states Mm -hmm. i've played in austria twice i've played eight weeks total in uh st croix virgin islands everyone loves country
0: No, when i was in austria i was like walking around vienna because i was there for a layover one of those trips i had taken over to europe and i mean it was like you know string quartet playing with people in ballroom dresses doing the like classical you know dancing type things and but you never know
1: break <laughs> out an acoustic and play johnny cash you they'll love it they love it and also just american music in general so you already got a leg up in that they love american music so and then yeah if you play some johnny cash or and jennings some old school country germans love it too
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, my mom and my dad, they met. This is um, I was just telling my I guess it was my younger sister. I'm the oldest of 10 kids. I'll just tell you a little bit of my family history. Mm-hmm. But my mom and my dad got married in 1978. They had me. I was a product of polka music. My mom was in um, waitressing in a German ballroom. Mm-hmm. And my dad was touring in a German band playing the tuba, um, wearing the lederhosen. And the waitress and the tuba player, oh. they, they hooked up and that's me. So, oh, wow. um, and my, my dad actually died when I was eight years old and my mom remarried and had a whole bunch more kids. So I'm telling my younger sister, who's 17, no, 25 years younger than me, she's 17, um, that, and the product of book music, <clears throat> and we're laughing about it, but I can't really begrudge it because that's part of my history. Mm-hmm. But my dad was really into John Denver
1: yeah classic yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 19 late 70s early 80s i
0: believe yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean icon absolute icon great songwriting great music melodies yeah that stuff lives on forever it's we watched
0: hee when i was a kid
1: <laughs> well funny <laughs> funny story about um polka bands is we i've played wisconsin a lot yep and um there's this one place i forget what part of wisconsin it was but it was a weekend gig, as you call it. You play Friday, Saturday night. Uh, Saturday during the day, there'd be a polka band. Yep. Massive, like eight-piece band, yep. and they they would precede us, so we would catch the last thirty minutes of their set before then. We would start. And it was interesting. It's 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 such a, a unique style of music. It's just like, in a way, it's like jazz and blues and uh reggae where it's it's specific you know once you once if you're into playing polka music it's a very specific vibe and not to dig into the deep weeds of musicianship but the kind of scales and chord progressions and you know there's a reason why polka sounds the way it does but there's also a reason why every polka song kind of sounds similar you know
0: yeah
1: reggae after a while reggae is just like okay every song sounds the same blues jazz is a little different jazz can go in a thousand different directions but so it's just as a musician i might not i'm definitely not in polka i don't listen to it oh yeah but to, but to watch it and hear it and see all these people play it all all every one of them wearing a green bay packers jersey too um <laughs> It's like, interesting, you know, when I was in St. Croix, um, the big music down there is, um, oh, shoot, it's, it's a form of reggae. We've played in Louisiana, the big thing down there is called Zydeco, which is kind of a mixture of all that stuff, uh, and it's to be able to see regional music that way, too, is really cool.
0: Whenever I hear, um, I don't know if it's just Mexican music, but it, it can also have a little bit of that polka vibe like the
1: bump, bum bump. you know it's very absolutely yep wait a minute
0: what am i listening to
1: now let me really geek out on some music because heavy heavy bands like slipknot and some of these other more uh thrashy kind of bands as you call thrash bands they have a very fast drum beat it's called um uh blast beats
0: the, the, the double the, the
1: double kick and then the snare yeah. is
0: just like <laughs> 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 take a
1: polka song, take a polka song, and, and maybe triple the beats per minute, and that's the drum beat they use. It's no the way. same thing. Know. It's the exact same drum beat as a polka beat, only a hundred beats per minute faster.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow, that's interesting. Well, and I wondered if you take away the drums. You know, what are you left with?
1: With, with polka
0: no with uh, metal
1: I mean yeah the, the drums fill a lot of space in metal uh, yeah. absolutely yeah um, a lot of the uh, you know perpetual motion the energy of the music pushing forward is is the drums
0: you were talking about jazz and how it can go a thousand directions and one of the things that I always kind of I didn't re- begrudge but something that I was a little sad about as I entered into like my um, I was taking jazz classes in college And I didn't grow up listening to jazz. I grew up listening to country and, you know, polka, but I didn't have that, like, internal language of jazz. And so I couldn't hear and feel the sounds. And so I need to make sure to expose my kids more to it now so they Mm -hmm. could. You know, it's like learning another language, and it's really more difficult if you didn't hear it from the time that you were young.
1: Yeah, I would say the musical language for jazz is – more intricate i'd be like learning german as opposed to learning some spanish i don't you know i'm just using analogies here but spanish french you know those are definitely it's not easy to learn another language but you've been in austria you've heard how they speak you've read their newspapers totally different game you know it's not yeah. part of the the romantic language base like like latin you know so french and spanish they have some similarities english But German. Uh, Just
0: to be fair, I was only in Austria for one day. But (laughs) no, and I would even say it's even more different. Like some of the tonal languages, you know, Vietnamese and Chinese, and you know, the Mandarin and things are so different. And I felt like that with jazz. Like it was just like, wow, my mind doesn't know how to go those directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I would say that the flexibility that you are seeking as a musician, or we're seeking as a musician, reminds me a lot of some of the flexibility that people are looking for who are parents, um, especially having children. Um, I know for me right now, I'm in the middle of a job hunt, except for because I have children and because we're in the pandemic, it still would need to be something that we can figure out the flexibility. My husband has some flexibility. I would need at least some, you know, in case the kids are going to be home again, quarantining or isolating, Mm -hmm. you know, we just went through that this weekend. Uh, We weren't sure what my kids' symptoms were. And so we kept her in her bedroom for three days by herself. Um, Obviously we were feeding her and giving her lots of fun things to do, but it sucked. Um, And then thank God, you know, our COVID tests were negative and we're like, okay, you can be part of the family again. Um, but, you know, where we are in this society right now, you know, flexibility, I think, is even more important to a lot of people than um, maybe that bottom dollar.
1: I, the pandemic hit at a perfect time for me. I know that's ridiculous to say, but yeah. I, first off, I had just moved um, to a two bedroom apartment that I needed to furnish. I went from a furnished studio to a two-bedroom apartment in January of 2020. Uh oh. And, and had to buy all new furniture, and everything was getting shipped in. And I managed to get everything before everything shut down.
0: Wow, so furniture has been a really tough one.
1: Oh, I, oh my God, yeah. Like a friend of mine was like, I bought a couch, you know, Ashley Furniture or whatever online. Mm-hmm. Two months waiting to, you know, I got my couch in a week. You know, like I got I've so heard- lucky there. I got Eight lucky months, there, but
0: 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it awful.
1: all. But the working from home thing, by the time the pandemic hit, I was still playing in just a couple bands that went away. I lost yeah. that. That was fine with that. Overnight. The business, yeah, it was gone. You know, I had, I think, 17 dates over through the through the year from all over the place. Gone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But by that time, my business was doing better, so I didn't need it.
0: But here Did I work find... from home. Oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I, here I work from home and in the weirdest time of our lives and probably the history of the country where yeah. you gotta stay home. Everyone stay home. Like people losing their jobs, and it was just just awful for so many people. Uh my business grew. Like I got to stay home. I didn't have to deal with what it's like to have my daughter not in school. I'm home already yeah. so there's that a lot of people decided to start podcasts during the pandemic so i, was I did gonna well. ask
0: you that yeah <laughs> is was a big uptick
1: yes absolutely now this summer i it may it balanced out this summer i ended up losing a bunch of stuff because people were allowed to have a summer pretty much yeah uh, even though the pandemic's technically worse than it was <laughs> people are like i'm out of here um So, yeah, there was either people that wanted to start a new one or I had current clients that doubled up. Like they had free time. Like they started doing more episodes. There was that. And then um, my daughter and I got COVID in January of this year. Two weeks quarantine. Mm -hmm. You know, I could still work, sick. And she was doing her homeschooling, which is a whole whole other ball game there. We've, virtual. we've got
0: three kids. I totally understand. Uh,
1: so, so, but what happens to the parents that work nine to fives, you know, and then their kid has to quarantine or, or the school goes virtual, mm-hmm. but the parents still have to work. It, it's, it's so crazy out there. I, I can't, I don't know what it's like because I've been very fortunate. I didn't have to experience any of that because I work from home.
0: Now you are originally from Maine. Do you have any support network like friends or family in the Memphis area?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been here long enough. I have, I have my friends. My best friends are all still in Nashville. That's where I, I moved to Nashville with some friends from Maine and they're still very close friends of mine. And then all the musicians that I've toured with over the years, my core is still in Nashville, uh, but I moved out this way to be a parent, <laughs> right? We <laughs> so I are.
0: To... I think twenty four hours drive from both of our sets of grandparents, and okay. so we uh, we moved to Arizona for my husband's job, and I was already working from home, so I kept my job. Um, but that's where things got real, real, um, when mm. the pandemic started, and we were like, who would we call if one of us had to drive the other one of us to the hospital because we were sick? Who would we call? to take our kids who could yeah. be, you know, infectious. So um, you know, really quick things got real. Oh. Um, you know, you're right. like and then what would we do? Like if someone came to our door and knocked and said, mm-hmm. "We need to take our kids to the, you know, we need to take someone to the hospital, can you take our kids?" What would we say? Like that was when, you know, that was one of the most serious conversations I think we ever had.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was so radical. I felt like I was living in a science fiction movie. I think I still feel
0: like that right
1: now. What, not to go on a tangent here, but what was interesting is um, I have custody of my daughter, but we share, you know, it's, it's a mom and dad share the kid, right? You know, and and visitation, everyone has different visitations and stuff. We have our own version, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but that means that a body that can, carry COVID is going back and forth Oh yeah, to two houses. And no mention of it in, in the news. I even talked to my lawyer. I was like, what is this? Like, does one of us need to say sorry to the other one? You can't get your kid back? And she's like, no, you definitely don't do that. You have to, no matter what's going on with this pandemic, you have to continue your visitations. Interesting. And uh, you never heard anything about that. Mm-hmm. People tell, stay home from work, you know, groceries, stay in a, you know, in the in the uh, the, oh yeah, in a separate room for three days, spray yep. things down, sleep in different rooms, all this stuff. But when it comes to yeah. sharing custody of a child, pfft, it, and it was that was bizarre to me that. That there was nothing on that. I know it has nothing to do with working from home, but
0: right. I have some friends who do work from home, um, who were sharing custody and, um, but one of them needed to go back to work on site. And so they had to keep their bubble so small, you know, Mm -hmm. that, and, um, the dad was a teacher, so he would teach outdoors
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: and, you know, it's just, um, yeah. So basically you control what you can, I guess.
1: Yeah. Do your best, you know, do the best you can. That's all you can do. So, uh, but down here in Mississippi, it's a very red state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> you <can laughs> be <imagine>. careful,
0: <laughs> but I can imagine. <laughs> you yeah, know,
1: so, uh, you know, um, and gosh, we can debate things in the left and right, but, um, uh, less precautions down here for sure. You know, yeah, so. And
0: I feel it too in Arizona, you know, our governor is, not making the same rules as other governors are. And, mm. um, you know, there's no masks in the schools here. So I don't same know if Mississippi. is yeah. Same yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a most heart-wrenching thing to make a decision of what to do. You know, we could technically keep our kids home for another year, but is that best for our family this year? It's hard to know. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy. <laughs> exactly. um, talk to me a little bit about your two-bedroom apartment. Is one of these bedrooms your studio? And the other- yeah. But how right do here. you do
1: this? My my bed is right there.
0: Oh, <laughs> right so you are your bedroom is in your studio. Oh,
1: my studio is in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a better way to put it. So I managed to find Go. this really. I managed to find this really cool desk on Amazon that's that's goes to a corner. Like right now, as I sit, okay. I have yeah. It's like this.
0: Oh, okay. And it's,
1: and it's and it's powered. It's got the the powered legs, so I stand can stand and sit. And it. Yep. Uh, So it fits in the corner nicely. And then I could put a monitor right in front of me. And then I have these, these light panels that clamp to the edge of the desk. I have that. So then I have my microphone, my little soundboard in front of me. So um, I was able to pack everything in the computer. I mean, in the corner. And then behind me is just a standard, you know, uh, it's really photographers. Yeah. 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 Just standard stands on each side with a Crossbar at the top, and I just That's clamp, what I
0: have here too. Yep.
1: I just clamp uh, the backdrop to it. So, and when I interview a, with a new client or a potential client, I even throw up my logo on the corner of my screen.
0: So that way, <laughs> I just yeah,
1: I just look. I, I like presentation. Right, and you're important. not showing
0: your bed in the back, but your bed is probably right behind you, right? With yeah. the backdrop in between.
1: I can almost touch it. <laughs> okay,
0: so um, you're just ha- cornering off a little section. Do you spend much time in this little corner working when you're not literally talking with someone, or do you work elsewhere in your home?
1: But this is a great question because I have I have different things to, that I do. Majority, yes, right here in my office. This is where this is my Houston. Right, mm-hmm. this is my Grand Central. But I always have a laptop in my dining room table. Okay, so, a
0: different computer.
1: Yeah, just a laptop. Here I'm on a PC with a 32-inch screen. And that's Got the it. other reason. why It's just more comfortable here. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the kitchen working, k- k- cooking, or it's the morning as my daughter's getting ready for school, what have you, I can just pop up my laptop and do an email. or mm-hmm. So I have access to it there. Sometimes I just like... I'll just sit at the table. I just feel like working there. Mm-hmm. It's a different, different uh, feel. Sometimes I'll sit on my couch with my laptop on my, my lap, and I'll do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But oh, uh, but what I used to do when I moved to this apartment, I was in a little studio apartment, and those walls got close real quick, and it, working from home was difficult there. So. I would take my laptop and go to a coffee shop I've built this company at a Panera bread like I would go to the same I would go to the same Panera bread Memphis Tennessee Perkins and Poplar and even back when I was editing I'd be editing audio right there at a table while eating a scone
0: you must have had a good set of head headphones
1: yeah yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah, so I can cancel out the noise. Mm-hmm. But I also bring up that because the the Panera Bread thing or just working at a coffee shop in general is sometimes I don't necessarily want to socialize with people, but I feel like I need to be around other breathing human beings. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, working from home, you have a big family, so you probably would love to have True alone time. I get plenty of alone time, and it gets weird sometimes. Sometimes it's just like oh, I got to get out of here.
0: Yeah, Pack I told up my husband. Laptop, you know, last night I told my husband, I'm like, I do not mind one bit working in my closet when I'm engaging with someone in a meeting, or I teach ESL online still, um, which is kind of trending out right now. But uh, that's a story for another day. But mm. I um. I told them, but when I'm not like physically talking with someone physically, you know what I mean? Like virtually talking with someone, I, mm-hmm. um, I start to feel like the walls do kind of close in on me a little bit. There's no window in here. And, you know, if I'm in the zone or I'm watching a video, it doesn't bother me. But eventually it's nice to just be in the same room as people, even Absolutely. if it's not comfortable. And Now, it looks like you have a really cozy chair there. Do you want to talk about that for a second?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a standard, it's a standard black fake leather cushiony chair that I got on Amazon. It's not, it's, it's pretty comfortable, but it's cheap.
0: It's, a it's cheap, cushy. Does it have the gear. adjustability that you were looking for, for a. Uh, a little chair? bit. I mean, it
1: goes up and down and then you can, I can unlock it. So, whoa. Uh-huh.
0: I mean, Ooh. You know. <laughs> Knock over the backdrop.
1: <laughs> Wrong lever.
0: <laughs> How can you get back?
1: But uh, I uh I, I would say it's not um the most ergonomically correct like it it, it's you know plus i'm a tall person so it's not i wish you went even higher um but but i I log a lot of hours in this chair too so how,
0: how tall are you if you don't mind me asking
1: uh six two
0: i talked with someone an ergonomic specialist did a um i guess just for me uh ergonomic evaluation and he said that for the most part, they work. Ergonomists um, generally work with tall people and short people, um, more short than tall. I think once you hit like maybe that six two, six four, then you start to get uncomfortable again. Yeah. But I think everything is made for people who are probably like five foot ten to six foot. Yeah. Ish.
1: If I had six hundred dollars, I could buy. I forget the name of the line, but it's the it's the line that Shaquille O'Neal you know, uh, is endorsing, you know, he's the face of this company. I forget the name of the company, but obviously when you think Shaquille O'Neal, he's a massive. So when you, when you sit in those chairs, they're wider, they get, they go higher and they're incredible. Then it'd be perfect for me. I'm obviously not the size of Shaq, but (laughs) it gives me, it gave me the height because even when this chair all the way up, you know, your legs are supposed to be kind of straight out and then your feet flat on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and I just cross my legs in front of me, too, which is bad. But um,
0: I do that sometimes. But- I'm five foot three. So I have basically the opposite problem. I can't get things to come low enough. So oh, I hey. like to get them down and I have to make sure I have an adjustable keyboard tray. Do you have adjustable? You you just change your desk height.
1: I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it's not all the way down. I found a nice little sweet spot. But yeah. sometimes I want to work standing up too. So do I just. Do you
0: often do that?
1: Not as much as I used to. But then that goes back to my laptop. Yeah, in my, I was just
0: going to say, you stand up so, and you walk to your other computer.
1: So another home, work from home thing I like is there's times where for my job, I need to just think. Like I need to come up mm-hmm. with a list. I need to, you know, uh, just break some da- things down in my brain mm-hmm. to plan for something. What I do is I have a a bar top height table. So boom, so I can, Mm -hmm. on purpose, I wanted something tall so I can work standing up at it too. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll move the stool so I can just walk up to the table to my laptop. And as I'm brainstorming and, and creating whatever kind of list I'm creating, when I feel like I hit a wall, I will pace my apartment i'll just pace around think 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 of something walk up to the computer add something to the list and and i'll just pace the whole apartment for an hour working sometimes because that's how i can think where sometimes sitting at a desk staring out the window can s- stagnate that sometimes for me at
0: I'm, least. So, I'm so excited i have um a new development that i don't think i've shared with anyone yet but uh someone gave me a free treadmill. It's old. It's old. It's like iPod compatible. <laughs> 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 so, um, we were looking at it like we hauled it and we had to move things around. I ended up bringing a desk that we had downstairs up into um side by side with my husband's desk and his um set up in our bedroom, uh, mm. that I can it's not a, a very adjustable desk, but I can get out of here and sit near him now. Um, but we we were trying to figure out how could I get the computer on the treadmill? and we were trying to jimmy rig things we had an adjustable keyboard tray that he ended up never using but it wasn't wide enough to span to connect Mm -hmm. to the um handles and so we just took a like literally the kind of shelf that you would put like on your kid's wall like on a couple of brackets to like hold memorabilia we just laid that across the arms of the um treadmill and i can still turn things on and off and it's just me so i'm not going to like fall Um, and it's fabulous because I can walk one or two miles an hour and still read and type. There's certain kinds of work that I wouldn't be able to think and walk at the same time that, you know, require a lot of focus,
1: but there's so much that I can. Yeah. And you schedule your day. I'm big on time blocking and like this time, this day I'm doing this. So you can be like, all right, I'm going to go for a walk later today. I'm going to be on that treadmill for 30 minutes. Whatever. What can I do while I'm doing that? What I can do is I can push stuff to the side. Like I'll do that for the walk. I'll do that for the walk. Yeah.
0: I can listen to this podcast because I do review them to make sure that we, you know, edit out like the part where I, I don't know, sneezed, which by the way, if I sneeze today, don't be surprised because I am, I'm very allergic to my cat. (laughs) It was just confirmed by my blood work again. Um, And also I think it's like ragweed season right now. So even though the, the levels are medium, I'm like dying. Um, I sneezed so many times this morning when I was trying to teach my kids English in China. Um, but yeah, if I work, if I walk at about one or two miles an hour, I can, I can still type, but if I'm not having to type at all, I could, you know, speed it up mm-hmm. quite a bit and still listen and focus. It's, yeah. nice. it's yeah, so hot uh, here in Arizona. It's, it's not so easy to like get out and walk in the summertime. So I'm oh. so thankful to have a treadmill in the house. go ahead. Come out
1: to, come out to Mississippi with all our humidity. Come on, take yeah. some of it. Did it's finally up- breaking. It's This is when summer finally starts to break a little bit. Mm-hmm. But by this time, it's it's been two months of over 100 heat index
0: oh, with yeah. humidity. Oh, yeah. Just oh, like man. sweaty, you know? I grew up in Minnesota, though, so I know 100% humidity and yeah. mosquitoes. Um, were yeah. you affected <laughs> a lot by the storm?
1: No, we had a little bit of rain, but that's it. You know, so we were lucky for so sure. So
0: when you're daughter was home with you during her quarantine and the pandemic how did that um how do you guys work together when you're working and she's working from school how did you guys set that up
1: well luckily you know she was in seventh grade when this was happening so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like trying to wrangle in a first grader
0: which is what i have
1: (laughs) so okay there's a win on my you know I, i got lucky there um and i just let her have my laptop and set her up in a room at a table, and just I let her use my printer. Hooked her up. She needed a printer more than I did,
0: right?
1: You know, and um, and we just did the best we could. It was not fun. It was stressful because the virtual schooling is, is just, as you know, it's it's, it's for so the birds. Hard. And it's one thing. Instant. Well, first off, the parents, the teacher. So now we're teaching because the virtual that we do down here is not zoom like teacher in classroom over zoom where it's in real time Mm -hmm. here it's called schoology and it's just like go to this folder here you go here's a couple slides to tell you what you need to do a little two minute video from one person that's recorded and fed to a thousand schools um very little access to a teacher so so all of that you know, you're t- trying to teach your your child, trying to figure out what it is that we need to do. Now, okay, we do it. Where do we put it? Yep. Where do we upload it? What is this? And then the next day, you, you get alerts from the parent portal. This was missing. You got an F on this. I'm like yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Like what's going on here? <laughs> and it's 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 just you uploaded so funny it
0: wrong. So,
1: yeah, it was awful. So leading up to seventh grade and all the way up until we quarantine i could not like stop my daughter from just almost crying over wanting to do virtual because she thought it was easier because other friends were doing it and and, like legit like she was mad at me that i was making her go to school because we had uh the beginning of uh school in 2021 no that's this year so
0: 2020.
1: Fall of 2020, down here, you had a choice. You can either go all virtual or all, or all in school. I chose in school. <laughs> it's like, you need to be in front of a teacher, period. Mm-hmm. So I went that route. Well, of course she didn't like that. Um, well, fast forward to when we actually quarantine, and she actually had to experience two weeks of virtual, that's all she needed. She was like, I'm Mr. out, mm-hmm. bring me back to school, please. And ever since that point, point, anytime there's a threat of a shutdown, she gets scared and nervous (laughs) because of virtual. And I, and part of it is because she probably doesn't want to deal with dad either during virtual, because it would rattle me. So I still was able to work. She didn't have any symptoms. I was sick. I I felt like crap. Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with that, still having to work and dealing with Schoology. But at the same time, I, I already live home. I work home. So a lot of people had a much worse than that.
0: Right. We um it was January twenty twenty one when we pulled our kids from online school to homeschool them because it was just so much work trying to coordinate with the teachers and like get their work and upload it back up. I'm like, let me just be the teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm done with yeah. that. Um yeah, but it's, then, it's one
1: thing that it's one thing to try to figure out the math problem. It's yeah. everything else surrounding it. That, yeah. That the headache
0: it's the coordination and the emails and yeah and mm-hmm. then now we're the opposite because our kids are in public school right now but we've had to do some quarantine already because of exposure and we don't have the new school isn't doing an online version so basically the kids are home for quarantine and they're getting very little work mm-hmm. very little communication so i was like ah yeah. communicate with me more <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's,
1: it's tough
0: well why don't we talk a little bit about um what's worked for you and what has absolutely not worked for you? Like, is there anything that you have learned over the course of how many years have you been working from home?
1: Uh, it'd be about 2018. Okay. 2018 is when I got my first client. Um, but I was still doing all the other side hustles, you know, uh, that made, I needed to leave the house to do. Mm hmm. Uh, But honestly, it was because of the pandemic, the pandemic, (laughs) bless you, the pandemic (laughs) uh, uh, took away all those other things, you know, uh, and it made it so. um,
0: The coffee shop. All I
1: had left was here. And then I got sick. And by the time January ended, because I had some lagging effects, I had to get like an inhaler and. Mm -hmm. some stuff you know so it was like a four-week deal for me and at that time i was like man because i enjoyed having my weekends i was really enjoying not having to stress about every other weekend traveling somewhere and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work and it's exhausting Mm -hmm. Uh, i was working at a local church that was eating up a lot of time and by this time i had Thrown away all these different side hustles just to get them away even though i needed the money because again i wanted time yeah. i was like well you know i'm not going to drive uber anymore that's done if i drive uber for five hours a day that's five hours a day i should be spending on my business so i was chipping away things and ultimately it just came down to music it was my company and then music because that's what i do i was a musician um but it was it was after it was about February of this year I decided, you know what? I'm all done. I'm done with music. I just kind of retired. Wow. I don't travel anymore. I let go of the bands I was in. I I let, you know, I left the church band I was in. And that's it. So now my company is the only thing I got going on. So it wasn't until I would say February that I was 100% now work from home.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I'm not earning any money that needs me to leave. Wow. Yeah.
0: And then when did you start hiring your team?
1: So that dates further back. So that was uh, Janu- uh, June of 19. It was when I got okay, my LLC. Right. A friend of mine knew uh, what I wanted to do. And and she's like, well, now that you're going to be hiring and you're going to be entering a different world, she's like, you need to get licensed. You need to get the proper you know, uh, tax number. And you just need yeah. to do this right. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then... I got hired my first editor.
0: Are and, you hiring uh, locally or nationwide or globally? Anywhere. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't. I don't have anyone that's outside the country. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, all four time zones.
0: <laughs> right. So sometimes yes.
1: it's fun. sometimes it's interesting when trying to schedule something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- no one has to be local. It's if you if you are a hard worker and you're accountable and you have good response time and the product is good, game on, you know, and I find with freelancers, that's what you get always anyway.
0: So everybody that you're working with is working from home and they're scanning, um, Does everyone have their own role? Like I know you have uh, someone who reached out to me to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you still have people mm-hmm. that are helping uh, get interviews for others?
1: So, I don't know about my team members as far as getting on podcasts,
0: uh-huh.
1: but I'm going to, I'm going to give you a few names when we're done.
0: Okay. But,
1: uh, um, but yeah, so you met Jocelyn. So okay. she's, she's not on my team per se, but I hire her for a service. Okay. So it's a little okay. different. I hire her for that service to help outreach and Got it. and get booked because I feel That's like marketing. guesting. Yeah. I, I look at guesting. Yep. Which is like a new term. Guesting is yep. a verb. <laughs> uh, is a great way to market yourself, new your company, Absolutely. whatever it may be. So I'm putting some money into that. That's why I hired mm-hmm. someone that was actually knew what they were doing better than what I would do. But then I have people that are on my team. So I have editors, and then I have a graphic designer. But then my graphic designer does some video editing and audio editing, and then. My, my transcriptionist will write some show notes, but then I have a writer that does the other show notes. So there's some bleed, you know, which is, which is cool. Again, you hire smart people and they know a few things. Well, Okay. you know, so, uh, so you can do some bleed like that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I have, I think 12 people now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, 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 Some of them might work three hours a week for me. Okay. I'm not. I'm not employing forty-hour weeks to all these people. Mm -hmm. They're all subcontractors. It's just you know I'll I'll hire an editor looking for some work, and then he's like, "All right, I'm good. Like you're giving me three to four hours a week. That's all I can handle right now. Okay, cool. All right. You you always get these three hours, and I'll find someone else next. You know, and I'll fill the next person up. So that's why it's been. it's built up where of the 12 people, I have like seven editors.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. But some of them can wear more than one hat and cover yes. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so tell me again, what services you provide for people who come to you and say, I want to have a podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: what are they responsible for? And what are you responsible for? Or do you have packages mm-hmm. where they can kind of pick and choose?
1: We do have packages on our website, com. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll remind everyone that too at the end of the show. But uh, so there's kind of, there's two things to look at, the startup development phase, and then the management phase from there forward. Uh, what's cool about this business model is podcasting is like repeat business. Someone wants to do a podcast, like, you know, you're releasing weekly or bi-weekly, whatever, and you want to stay on schedule. So the person you're hiring to edit is getting steady work from you on a weekly basis. Right. So, so that's awesome. But that's the management side. The development side of it is is different because it's a one-time kind of approach. It's like we're, what I like to call it is idea to iTunes. They come into <laughs> me with like, I just have an idea of what I want to do. And then we are like, well, here's the 10 things we need to do and build and record design, cover art, Here's all these assets that we need to then, so then we can syndicate your show and put it on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify and put it everywhere.
0: Yep. Once you you're published, that,
1: then we're good. And then we move on to the management side.
0: Do you have people who come to you and say, I want to do a podcast, but I want to use this, that, and the other thing as far as like their hosting and, you know, their equipment? Or do they come to you saying, What do I need and who should I use?
1: Some, so it varies. You know, we have, some that know nothing about engineering or audio stuff, they don't know they don't know anything about podcasts and they just decided they want to do it. Yep. Or what I also find is a corporation will assign someone on the team, hey, we need a podcast, take care of it. And that person's <laughs> like, uh they don't know what to do. You know, so and it goes back to why I started a team and, and because I, I I was having to say no a lot. Can you do this? No no well they're like well we need someone that can do it all so now we can and i just kept building a team every time i discovered a new need i'd hire someone to fill it
0: okay
1: um so yeah so if someone comes to me with zero done then they don't even know what a hosting site is they've never heard of lipsyn they've never heard of podbean
0: yeah
1: just we just take care of them from scratch you know Good. and if they they need cover art in order to syndicate their show well we can design it for you because I have a graphic artist now and they go on and on and on. So, um, and then we have, I have, uh, engineers on my team again, bleed. I have a video editor, like a real deal video editor. That's now my video engineer. If someone needs help mm-hmm. setting up videos or cameras, I have an audio editor who's also a real deal straight up engineer. So when a client's like, we don't know what to buy, we don't know how to set it up. I get my man, Andrew, and he, he, I pay him a fee, we have an agreement, and I'm like, all right, I gotta connect you with this client, he gets on a call, he consults, what do they need, what's their scenario, what's their recording situation gonna be like, what's their budget looking like, puts together a list, sends them the links, they buy the stuff, he gets on a Zoom call and helps them set it up, teaches them how to use it. So. Again, I built it that way because I wanted to be able to provide that service to someone because so many people don't know what to do. They just, it's so foreign to them, but they can create amazing content and they have things to say and they know how to push this content out and they know how to interview people. They know how to, they, they know how to package that part of it.
0: If I would have had someone to talk me through all those steps, it would have been so much faster because I got kicked in the butt when I was trying to find out, you know, a a podcast hosting. I didn't know if that meant like, you know, how you record it versus, you know, like how you get it uh, out to everyone else on iTunes Mm -hmm. and Spotify and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I thought that choosing the hosting package would be super like a 10 minute, 20 minute job. And it took me two Mm -hmm. days. Because Oof. I found out, you know, people recommend Libsyn or you know Podbean mm-hmm. and stuff, and I found out really quickly that if I want to record two times a week, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour or more, I'm going to blow through those packages so fast. It's going to be more mm-hmm. expensive, and so I ended up with Captivate FM um, because they yeah. allow you to have more flexibility in how much you publish. Never heard um, of them.
1: Podbean. I would. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to ask you what you're paying. It's none of my business. But Podbean. For like 16 bucks a month can get you unlimited storage. Yeah. You know, I feel like I
0: I feel like I compared Podbean when I was making that choice, but there were it was a little bit overwhelming because there were probably 14 different ones that I was comparing and choosing among. So or between, yeah, that was that was not fun. (laughs) And then choosing how to record.
1: Well, there's that. But then another misleading thing is people think that let's say we'll just use Podbean as an example or and some of the more common names that people mm-hmm. would recognize. They think, once we set the hosting up, we're good. Why are we not on iTunes? Why can't I find my show? Mm-hmm. That is that is like the big learning curve. That is, and even as we've done it a hundred times, mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's so many different hoops you gotta jump through. Each platform has their own way of yeah. syndicate, of submitting to, and. So that's definitely where we we help people out with that because it's so... It, it You could watch a YouTube video and learn it on Google if you wanted to, but what I find is people are like, I still want to deal with it. You can do right. it for us. No. And there
0: were like 10 different places. Like they're asking you, do you want to have your podcast available in India? And, you know, all these other places <laughs> and you have to make a lot of decisions, but you only have to really do it once. I well, think yeah, Google it, it, and uh, Amazon uh, and all these things, go ahead. Yeah,
1: so once you once you do it and you're published Poof, good to go
0: yeah i think amazon podcast has contacted me and be like we need you to verify again Mm -hmm. you know one time but other than that that part is um it would be nice to have someone hold your hand (laughs) through that and that's Um, what we do i thought that i was going to record and publish my first episode on like the first week of june of 2020 and it took I think I recorded it September 2nd and I don't know if I even published it that week. I think maybe I did, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was. Um, and we had a switch. Like I was going to record on Ecamm. Um, Cause I wanted to, I thought that I was going to be able to record and stream it live for the first time. And we learned really quick that that wasn't going to work. It's just better to be able to edit And, um, you know, to fix the mistakes that I'm sure to make because I'm awkward and I misspeak all the time. Uh, Yeah. And then it just gives a little bit more. uh, I don't know. It puts my guests to ease or at ease a little bit more, knowing that if they misspeak, we can fix it and they don't have to be worried. And a lot of the people that I interviewed, especially at the beginning, had never interviewed before. And so they were nervous. And that extra
1: people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to believe that I'm easy approachable, you know, that it'll make it comfortable, you know, for you. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now that I've actually been doing this for some time, it's been a year. Um, I do have a lot more people reaching out to me to be on the podcast. I'm finding a lot of male entrepreneurs are reaching out to me and I'm trying to find really? more. I'm trying to have more people that are employees, you know, or working with the whole team. Um, yeah. So you, you use, Jocelyn is part of your,
1: um, yeah, I've, your I, she, interview connection
0: she, type work.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have someone that's on my team. Her name is Francesca. She mm-hmm. is actually one of my production assistants. I got to a point where I needed help with just the tasking and the managing of the of the workflow and all the different assets that all the traffic that's involved with handling. By now, on on a core basis. Again, slow summer, but it's about 30 to 35 clients that we balance now. All right. So it's a lot of traffic, it's a lot of emails, it's a lot of craziness. So anyways, I have two managers in place. Well, again, wearing different hats and everyone has different talents, multiple talents. Well, Francesca was also good at um, booking people on podcasts or booking guests on a podcast. Um, so rather than use her to get stuff on my podcast, I just approached her to just generate leads for me. Okay. I was like, "Here's some tag words, some keywords. Just find all kinds of podcasts that would might fit what I want to do." With the notion that I was going to do the outreach. <laughs> no, I quick, you know, I, I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths, and when it comes to any kind of outreach, I always feel like I can do it. But it's just not me. It will never get done. That's why I have a salesperson now too, and the whole bit. So I went on Upwork, and was straight up. It was like I just want someone. I want someone to book me on other people's guests. And I met Jocelyn through that, and she's awesome. And this is what she does. Very cool. Almost like a publicist kind of vibe to it. Yeah. So I got one person generating the leads, and I have the other person doing the outreach for me, and meeting people like yourself, and. And nice enough to have me on the show.
0: What kind of podcast do you have right now?
1: Our podcast is about podcasting, if you can believe
0: that. <laughs> so, is it called Shelby Row?
1: No, it's called Pod Logics. Okay. And uh, logical practices to podcasting mm-hmm. is kind of my spin on that. And it it targets podcasters like yourself, but it also targets producers that maybe want to help, you know, grow a team. Um, so I'm kind of split, I, sh- I need to pick a lane at some point who I'm actually talking to, uh, but, uh, we just released episode 14, uh, this, we do it every other week mm-hmm. and that was a 2021 thing. When we went into this year, I, I gathered my whole team. I was like this year, one of the things we're doing is we're going to be a content generator too. Not only are we taking everyone's content and packaging it and polishing it and throwing it out there, we're gonna do our own content uh, as a way to promote and just have an Instagram page. you oh, know? show
0: that you can do it. you have help another so, yeah.
1: And that's the other part. I'm a podcast agency, I'm a podcast producer, and I don't have a podcast. Like, come on, man, like you need to step <laughs> it up. <laughs> so, So there was that, to show that credibility but also learn a different perspective. Cause I'd never hosted one before. And then now it be made me a better producer. Cause now I know what it's like to be planning a show and interviewing someone. And that got me comfortable in front of the mic and camera, which helped me find my voice, helped me find who exactly I want to target. And then, and then it built up to where it's like, I want to be on other podcasts now. and made me more comfortable a year ago i would have never even thought to do this because i would have been shy about it or something you know but
0: maybe that should be my next step is to get myself onto more because i i invite a lot of people to interview with me but i don't put myself out there to interview as much as i could
1: here's here's uh here's what i preach a lot to other podcasters and i've my instagram page is is my content is, I try to do value content tips and this, that, and the other thing. The common question is how do I grow my podcast? How do I get more subscribers? How do I get more listeners? How do I monetize? That's a whole other game, which we don't, we do not help you with monetization. That's, I have people <laughs> I can send own. you to. No, I have, I have a referral partner I can send you to that will help you with that. But we have a lane and that's not in it because it's a whole different game. But what I say is with podcasting, what you where it works well is doing this, what we're doing right now. I've come on your show. We're having a good interview, I hope. Uh, you're doing well, I hope I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> and then hopefully it, you like it and you're willing to publish it and then share it on your socials. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to send me your assets mm-hmm. if you do episode cards or whatever you may do, yeah, whatever sure. links. You send it to me and then psh, I promote it on my socials and that's key for you because yeah. you've already, you're already promoting in your world. You have your audience, but now you're, you're going to be posted your face and name and links and everything are going to be in a whole different circle of people that never knew you.
0: Yeah. You know, we'll send you
1: the. Promoting me and
0: mm-hmm. yeah, we'll send you the YouTube art and the podcast art, there are different okay. shapes. And the link to the podcast player, as well as the link to the YouTube video, as well as the link to my page where everything is hosted, including the show Mm -hmm. notes. Um, I used to have the transcript, but we haven't been doing that as much um, lately. It was sucking too many hours for me. Um, And at some point I'll go back and I'll batch. Um, I'll pay someone to do it all. (laughs) With
1: that that cross promoting is key, you know, You're introducing me to a different group of people, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you send me the stuff you just talked about, and now I'm promoting you. Um, And then a lot of people will switch. Hey, you want to want to be on my show? A month later, record another episode, same two people, but different podcasts. and Then you're sharing again. So now, so now you're sharing on your socials, but you're sharing yourself on someone else's show with different imaging, different colors. It looks different. Mm-hmm. And it shows, oh, wow. You know, April is doing it. She's out there. <laughs> but you know, I
0: need to. Yeah. I did that once with, uh, let's see, episode nine. I interviewed with the guy on his show. It was called Facing Your Fears or something like that. And it was talking about your fear. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but sure, I'll be on your show. Talked about a lot of things. And the next day he interviewed with me. It was great.
1: Yeah. I've done it in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we, we did an episode well. and then we switched. Zoom rolls so then the other person can hit record, and then <laughs> we did two back to back. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I would suggest try to guest, definitely try to get out there and guest because it, that's it my will takeaway help. today. It
0: will,
1: it will help grow. Is, is it it's hard to see the direct ROI, if you will? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still you know, better than nothing. Your your, your name is, is getting out there on other people's social media platforms. So it's
0: really great for networking, not but it's like productive because not only are you and I networking between ourselves, but we could share it with other people and people mm-hmm. can learn from mm-hmm. our conversation. I love it. It's, it's fantastic. I have, I have worked with some of the people who I've interviewed to be like, you know, I could use help with that thing that you do. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, you know, well, vice versa. When
1: I'm, and coming to a podcast like this as a podcaster and an agency, I, we always end up talking about podcasting because everyone I'm guesting with have questions like they're interviewing me, <laughs> like they're interviewing me to help them. It's so it's like, it's like a win, but, but you well, yeah, but no, it's, I give free information on my Instagram. That's not, yeah. that's not the point. It's um, it's just, it's interesting. Cause what I am, out there promoting and selling is my story about my agency and I'm what I serve, what I what I services I provide. Well, it's interesting that the service I provide is the medium that I'm on. From you know it, it's so it's a neat little
0: It's very convenient for you.
1: <laughs> synergy, you know, in a way, so yeah. um but yeah. So it, it's it's fun. It's good stuff.
0: So where can people find you and your podcast? I know you've mentioned Shelby Rowe. Mm-hmm. Is it productions.com? Help yeah, me out.
1: Shelby Row Productions.com. Shelby is S-H-E-L B is in Boy Y Rowe, Row R O W Productions.com. There you can find everything. We got all our you you can find our social links and everything, but to be more specific, you know, uh, we have a good Instagram page at, at SRP underscore podcasting, uh, SRP Shelby row productions, just abbreviated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the name of the podcast is pod logics with an X at the end, because I wanted it to be cool. And, uh, <laughs> uh, we're on every platform out there, iTunes, Spotify, and everything. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Called Shelby Rowe Productions. Just search it; you'll find us there. Um, we all of our episodes are both video and audio, uh, but then we do YouTube exclusive stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. Okay. Uh, so go check our channel out too. Um, anyone listening that's interested, uh, you go to my website. You can schedule a free 15 minute consultation. Uh, that you know links up to a Calendly and. Throw in a slot, and um, nice. we can meet and talk to see if we're fit. You know, answer whatever questions you may have.
0: If there. they do that, will uh, they find you? They or one of your team members.
1: To, they will talk to me directly.
0: Okay,
1: great. Yeah, and then once once they sign on with me, then I push them to the side, and they never hear them from me again. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, no, 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 no. No. So yeah, I am the face. I'm I am the guy uh, that they will talk to, and uh, we'll get you all set up if you're. Uh, ever interested in that so but uh yeah my website's really the hub where you can go okay
0: got it and derek just just to spell it because your last name doesn't sound the way i would have expected it's derek (laughs) with two r's and it's m-i-c-h-a-u-d
1: yes m-i-c-h-a-u-d mishu some people say mishu some say misho it's it's very French, being from Maine. It's a very popular name in Maine, French Canadian name. Okay. Down south, there are no mishus down here. So, I get Macaud, Machaud. They see the D at the end of the name, and they just want to they want to hit the landing. They want to <laughs> hit that landing on the D, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Derek Michu is my name. Yes,
0: And I know we are running out of time. So any final thoughts before we say goodbye?
1: Well, thanks for having me. This was an interesting talk as far as the, the dynamics of working from home. Yeah. You know, we can, we all have different jobs and you and I clearly do different things, but you have that commonality of what it's like to work from home, the ups and downs of it. Cause there's some things to that uh, you miss like I miss having a commute. Sometimes I like having a commute. Uh, you know, there's little things, but man, it's also great to work from home as well. But then sometimes it's hard to get away. Like it's your your living and your work is all meshed together, and it, and it, that can be uh, challenging as well. Um, but I think I think it's important to have shows like this because working from home, especially now after COVID, is becoming more prevalent. I think a lot of businesses realized, wow, half our staff's working from home and it's working.
0: Yeah.
1: It's doing well. So maybe we should, you know, rent half the amount of office space that we have now and save some money and you know, and I think you're experiencing that. I, I would bet they found that some of their employees were more productive. Oh yeah. Too
0: I think it depends on the the style of work and the company culture and all of those things but yeah absolutely mm. a lot of people are finding that well yeah. i know that you need to get going so let's call it <laughs>
1: <Thank> <laughs> all you.
0: right this has been april malone with derek michelle Michu. thank you <laughs> and uh yes i work from home we'll see you next time goodbye